Aren't we glad we serve a wonderful God? Let's turn to our wonderful God, a word of prayer. Lord, we magnify you. We glorify you. We worship you for who you are. Lord, our prayer right now is that we hear a word from you that will minister to us at our very need. God, I pray that we open up our hearts, that your word will come forth as fertile seed into fertile ground, that, Lord, we will be able to receive your word into our hearts, that it will sprout roots and grow and multiply in our lives. Now, Lord, I pray let it be all of you and none of me to preach your word to us, your people. Speak now for your servants are listening. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. If you can join me in the Old Testament to the book, 1 Samuel, chapter 3. The book, 1 Samuel, uh, chapter 3. We are in the Old Testament, so not too far back. You can get in the beginning and start at Genesis, and you just keep on flipping. You'll run into 1 Samuel. There is a second Samuel, so if you're there, just go back to First Samuel, to the third chapter. I'm going to lift uh, in your hearing just one verse, uh, verse 10. I still hear some pages turning there, so I will wait, because I'll ask all of us to journey together, as we have already confessed that this is God's word, our guidelines for living, a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. So I pray that we open up his word so we can receive his word. And as we open up his word, we open up our hearts to receive what, what thus saith uh, the Lord. If you're there, say, I got, I got it. If you're not there, please say, hold on. Amen. Well, let us begin together. I'm reading New American Standard, verse 10. It says, then the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel says, speak, for your servant is listening. If you can help me announce this to your neighbor, say, speak, speak. for your servant, for your servant. Is, listening. is listening. Wake up your other neighbor, they fell asleep on you, tell them, speak, speak. for your servant, for your servant. is listening. Prepare to hear God's word. We see Samuel asleep where in the tabernacle or in the temple. And it says that he was near the Ark of the Covenant. Historically, we need to understand that there was no home for the Lord. What they had was the same traveling tent that they had when they were roaming the wilderness. And so all they had was the sticks they would ride up and raise up the curtains, and then they would put the Ark of the Covenant inside the inner tent, and then they had the tent of meeting, and the inner tent was the holies of holies. But as course as we advance in technology, we do a little bit of things, so they started building posts and making doorways. But still, there was not a permanent residence for the house of the Lord. So Samuel, at a young age, is there asleep in the temple. 
He is not next to the Ark of the Covenant, but it said near because he was where the Ark was housed. But he was guarding, and it says that it was at night. How do we know it was at night? Because it says the lamp, the lantern, the light was yet still burning. Which means that they had to keep their light burning at night. They had to keep the light burning at night till daylight came before the Ark of the Covenant. And so we're set, I'm setting it up because I want you to see exactly what's going on. This is at the beginning stages. Before they have monarchy, this is the last judge, Samuel, the last ruler, last prophet that God had over his people when the, before the people got upset and got jealous and envious of what they saw other nations have, having kings. Have you been there before? You got jealous because something else looked better over there. And that's what happened. But before we get there, we just have a young boy who has been devoted to the Lord by his mother. That she made a covenant unto God that he, if she blessed him with a son, she will give him over to serve the Lord. And now we find this young boy ministering and serving the Lord. What a blessing it is for a mother to have a, her mind made up or a father have their mind made up to make sure that they teach their children how to serve the Lord. We see here that serving God. Cost for sacrifice, cost for obedience, cost for boldness. Samuel was called by the Lord. We find Eli is old in age. His sight is gone. This is another tale for us to realize that we have youth among us who are stronger, whose eyesight is brighter, and have more uh, energy. And able to do more work for the Lord now than we can at our old age. And so we need to make sure that just as Eli, we give them proper instruction on how to hear the Lord. You could talk to me. And so I want to set the atmosphere because I'm going to get into it. I want to set it up that we have a young boy in the presence of God. Sleeping by the lamp. Has an old man serving the Lord, but his time is almost up. And his sight is gone. And yet God calls Samuel. Samuel hears three cries. First time he heard it, he says, here I am. Samuel being smart looking, seeing nobody. (laughs) Runs to Eli, did you call me? No, I didn't call you, man. Go back, lay down. Called a second time. Who runs now? Eli, you called me, man. What's up? I didn't call you. Go back and lay down. Came back again. Now Eli probably deterred. I'm trying to get some rest here. You know, we old folks. Ain't got time for y'all kids. Always want to play at night. It's time to go to bed. Turn off the TV. Turn, turn your cell phone off. It's time to go to bed. Stop playing with me, all right? But Eli realized that, wait a minute. I think I know what's going on here. Because look at the young age of Samuel says that he was not intimately aware of God. I said intimately. He knew of God, but he did not have an intimate relationship with God. Can I help us out that we teach our children about God, right? We, we teach them little prayers. Now you lay me down to sleep. We teach them, pray, thank God for your food. So they realize there's somebody somewhere. 
high above that they call God, but yet God has not talked to them yet. Yet they don't understand that, that God is not crying when it rains. They just go, well, mom said, mom said, God's crying, so it's, he's, it's raining outside, or he's bowling, and that's why we have thunder and lightning. I mean, they, they know of God, but they don't have an intimate relationship with God. Samuel knew of God because, why? He's serving in the temple, but yet it said it was rare of visions happening, but yet it happened to Samuel. Samuel. Sam is being set up. Eli realized, I think I know what's going on here. You don't have an intimate relationship with God, so let me show you, introduce you how to have an intimate relationship with God. This is how you have an intimate relationship with God, Eli told him. When next time you hear him call your name, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. First and foremost thing for you to have an intimate relationship with God, you first need to let him speak. You need to let him speak. Too many times in relationships that we have been in, we allow somebody else to do all the talking. And they just drain the mess out of you. And they drain you so much so that you have no nothing and anything to give them. And now it's so one-sided that you, don't, you dread the time the phone rings. You dread the time they knock on your door. You dread the time they come near you. But God is simply letting us know that, look here, I will call on you. And I'm waiting for you to let me speak. Look how many times he calls Samuel. Samuel didn't catch it the first time, the second time, the third time. Eli caught on and said, now you sit there, you wait. Next time he calls, you say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Can I highlight that God is waiting for him to speak first to us? He's given us his grace. Tell your neighbor, that's his grace. Because he's calling your name. How, how do I know God is calling your name? Well, my Bible reminds me that for God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whomsoever, that whomsoever, that's you and me, whomsoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Well, God is pointing out that I've called you. I've sent my son. I'm calling your name. But are you listening? See, listening does not mean the audio aspect that we do with listening, that we hear stuff. But listening means to understand and to apply. Because this is how we know people are not listening, for example. You ask a young child about the music they listen to, ask them, what are they talking about? You're like, I don't know. They're like, I don't know, because they're not listening. The ears have become dull and, and desensitized, because all I hear is that beat, so let me, let me start doing the Dougie. That's all they want to do. They, they don't pay attention to what they're talking about. If they hear, they will hear how they call women outside their names. But they will say, I want to do the dance anyway. Yeah, I know it. See, I didn't think I know some. And the thing is this, that when we are not listening, we're not able to properly reply or even do what is said to be done. Look at how we should have an intimation. We should say, Lord, speak for what? Your servant is listening. Which also suggests that if you want to have an intimate relationship with God, you first need to let him speak, and you first need to be humbled. Samuel, Samuel is, is now standing there. I like how it says in verse 10, it says, the Lord stood there. 
which points out that he was not asleep. He was not asleep. This was not some, some, some dream he had. No, he was alert and awake. Because remember, he got up the other times and ran to Eli. Say so what you say. So he woke up and now he's seen some kind of manifestation of the Lord and said, Lord, speak for your servant is listening. What I want to point out is this, that God will reveal himself to you when you are available to be serving him. It's amazing how God reveals himself. He reveals himself in many ways. It's, it's, it's not always going to come with a shaking of a mountain. It's not going to come with a burning bush. It's not going to come with a parting of the Red Sea. But it might just come while you might be asleep too. And you wake up and God has you open up your Bible and you start reading a scripture and tears just start coming down your eyes. Maybe you haven't been there yet. Maybe you might have been just sitting somewhere. Just sitting somewhere. It could have been at your office, could be in a park bench, could be in your bedroom. And all of a sudden, something just pierced your heart and you are just moved with compassion. I want to point out that God knows how to get your attention. But the question is, will you be able to respond and listen? Because God was trying to gain Samuel's attention, but Samuel being unaware how to respond back, he did not properly respond the first times. But thank God, because somebody say, thank God for his grace. That God did not give up on him, but he kept on calling him until he got it right. Tell your neighbor, go ahead, God. God's going to help you get it right. Some of you are not talking to your other neighbor. That's why you need to help yourself get it right. Because some of us need to realize that if it was not for God's grace, I still would not be hearing his call. But he's calling us. It's an, an, it's an effectual calling. It's ongoing process that God is calling you. How do I know that God is still calling me? Because I haven't made it home yet. <laughs> some of y'all might get down on your way home. And catch this. God stands there and calls him and says, Samuel, Samuel. Two times he says his name. He said that to Abraham and he said that to Moses when he called them. Abraham, Abraham, Moses, Moses, now Samuel, Samuel. I want to highlight three times he did that to the three heralds. The, the patriarchs, the heroes of the faith, Abraham, the great father, Moses, the great architect of the faith, Samuel, the last judge, the first to anoint two kings. He called them with a specific purpose. And he called them. And they all said, here I am. Another part of this part of this I am is also a same kind of a root word similitude to what is it is for Yahweh of I am, I am, as being present. Another part of us to have an intimate relationship with God is that we need to be present when he's speaking. You, you, you know when somebody's talking to you, they want to make sure you're present. They want to make sure they have your attention. They want to make sure that there's no distractions. They want to make sure that you're not thinking or unfocused on something else. You, you know when you half sleep and somebody calls you and they, all of a sudden they're talking to you, they're pouring out their heart, they stretched out, they messed up, and, and you, give, you say something and they realize that you're not even paying attention to me. And, and your attention was to pay attention, but your mind just wasn't there. 
Your mind just wasn't there. You was half asleep, so you was already in your dream, dream, la-la land. And, and they gave you the phone call, and you, you half stalk and think you don't know who you're talking to. And it's going off, and you said something. They realize, they say, wait a minute, you just didn't get it. And sometimes in our lives that we may not be half asleep, but we just all full up in the world. And God is calling you, but you're just not getting it because you're not there. He's calling you away from promiscuity, but you are not there. So you're thinking it's okay because he loves me or she loves me. He's calling you away from the bar, but you say, well, I don't get drunk all the time, just on the weekend. He's calling you away from the drugs, but you say, well, I've never failed a drug test yet, so it must be okay. We find ways to justify us not being obedient and present to the call of the Lord. But yet when God is calling you, he wants you. He wants you. And he wants you to be present. Here I am, Lord. Then he wants you to listen. To accurately apply what he's given to you. Now, here's the challenge that Samuel received at a young age. Some suggest that he might have been at the age of 12. At a young age, God tells him that I'm going to tell you something so terrible that it's going to tingle the ears. In other words, he's saying what I'm about to tell you that those who hear it, it will terrify them. Samuel, at a young age, standing in the presence of the Lord, hearing a prophetic word from the Lord, is now telling, is God is telling him what I'm going to tell you when you tell the people, this is how they are going to respond. The challenge is that when God calls you and you accept his call, you now need to realize that there will be people that do not want to hear what God has told you to say. I just need to say that one more time just for myself. There's going to be times that you're going to have to tell people what God says, and they do not want to hear it. But the challenge is, is for us to say, here I am, Lord. Your servant is listening. And how does God know that his servant is listening? By our obedience. Samuel hears all what God has to say. And what does he do? He goes back and now lays down. But when he wakes up, Eli calls for him. Some suggest that since Eli called for him, Samuel probably was trying to avoid him with his daily duties. Like, I'm scared now. I'm not about to go see Eli. But Eli showing Samuel, look here, come here. Tell me what did the Lord say? And I, and, and, and I think just looking in between the lines and the commas and the periods that Samuel was just a little bit hesitant to open up. So, so Eli held his foot to the fire and said, look here, you need to tell me or God forbid what will happen to anything else will happen to you. Now Samuel said, wait a minute, I know what God said. <laughs> and it's some terrible things going to come. So let me tell you the truth, Eli, this is what's going to happen. Eli realized that God has judged him for him being a wayward and not taking care of the God's people with his sons acting a fool up in this place. He realized and he realized, but look what he said. He said it was the Lord. See, Eli showed us the positive way of receiving what thus saith the Lord. It was difficult for him to gain. Who, who wants to hear that your sons are going to perish? 
Who wants to hear that God's not pleased with what you're doing? But Eli heard and understood and said it was the Lord. Samuel realized now from this example of this godly man that I need to stand boldly and speak God's word and realize that those who want to hear, they will hear. But those who do not want to hear, it does not matter. It's still God's word. Tell your neighbor, it's still God's word. See, some people want to negate God's word because they don't agree with God's word. But let them know it does not matter if you agree or not. God is real. And since we need to realize this, we need to do the same thing as Samuel, and we need to face some people who are not doing what God has called them to do. God has exposed this to you. I said exposed it. Now, now you're going by somebody's gossip. Now you're going by some hearsay. But no, you've seen for yourself. God exposed it to you, and you know what they're doing, that you go to them and say, well, thus saith the Lord. Now, you might lose some friends. Also, you might gain a brother or a sister. But the key thing is this, that you need to make sure that you're obeying God. See, we live in a world now that, that people are scared to stand up for God, but yet they are not scared to stand up for anything against God. They, they, they will tell you how they can live any way they want to live. And that there's many roads to get to heaven. But the Bible says, Jesus is said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, and I am the door. The psalmist says that the Lord is my shepherd. The Genesis opens up and says, in the beginning was God. So everybody else want to tell you it's the Big Bang Theory. We came from monkeys. We've done this. We've done that. All you got to do is look at them and ask them, is a monkey your uncle? Because nobody wants to admit, yeah, uh, uh, my, 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 my monkey's an uncle. Yeah, yeah, I'm an uncle. Uh-huh, uh and I'm his nephew. Yeah, yeah. No, they don't admit that. They, they, they realize that, no, I, 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 we are advanced, far advanced than any mammal or species. We look in Genesis. God made Adam and Eve, and he gave Adam the ability and the authority over all the beasts. The Bible called them beasts, y'all. But he said I made, he made male and female. But yet we live in a world where people don't want to hear that. And they're going to say, la, 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 I don't agree with you. You're, you're a fool. Or how dare you believe that there's a talking snake? Well, I believe because it's true. And then they're going to say, well, prove it. Well, can you prove to me? Can you prove to me? Can you prove to me that you're going to see tomorrow? You see, you see what I'm getting at? Everybody wants to try to prove something. Well, then prove to me you're going to see it tomorrow. We always plan for tomorrow. Prove to me you're going to see it. What's the facts you know exactly? Because if you can see it tomorrow, then you can tell me what's going to happen tomorrow. Y'all with me here? So tell me all the events that's going to happen tomorrow. I, I know you're planning for your birthday. Everybody going to show up on time? The cake going to be just fine. The food going to be cooked just right. You, can, you, you know that for a fact. How? 
You see, we always want to try to prove what we can't, what we from the past. I mean, you got people telling you these things, I'm going to move on, but they got to tell you about Shakespeare, right? You know, they don't even know if Shakespeare even existed. Ain't that something? But you have more evidence of the Bible, and they're going to tell you your Bible's fake. But Shakespeare's real? Are you serious? The Bible's been around. The Word of God's been around for so long. We see here Samuel is letting us know that there's times that God may be quiet. It says that he was not as awfully known as seen in visions during this time. But he came up at this time to raise up a leader for a new generation. And when he brought forth this leader, his leader realized that he had to stand before God's people and tell them. And after he tells Eli, he, he realized and it says that not one of the word of the Lord fell from his mouth, which meant that every promise that God spoke through Samuel happened. That's what it's saying, everything. I want you to realize this, that after this, we go to the fourth to the seventh chapter. The Ark of the Covenant is taken away and going around. But before that even happens, is that God confirms Samuel's calling in Shiloh. I want you to understand this, that when God calls you, he confirms it. Other people may doubt you and may misunderstand you, but yet God has spoken to you. And when he has spoken to you, I'm telling you, it's clear as day. And you start realizing why things just don't work out any other way. You can't what? You can't put a, 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 a square peg in a circle hole. It just won't fit. You walk around with a hammer, everything looks like a nail. When you are used to try doing things your way and they don't work, you got to look and realize that you've been going about it the wrong way or you're trying to fit something in that does not work. God told Samuel, God told Samuel, not Eli. God told Samuel what was thus to come, and Samuel stood to take it. God has called you to be the mother, to be the father, to be the husband, to be the brother, to be the sister, to be the manager, to be the electrician, to be whatever it is that God has put you in the place to be you should do it to the best of your ability and watch why you are still working he might wake you up at night and give you a new assignment but you need to be obedient to what you've been called to do now I know it's hard to go to school. I know it's hard to go to your job day after day, night after night, waking up, hearing the same teacher tell you the same thing, and running in gym, going to the boss, doing the same thing on a different day to get the same pay, and hearing the the boss with a new complaint. It's always hard to do such things. But the key thing is this, that can you just say, Lord, today is the day you have made. Speak for your servant is listening. Because it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you the sacrifice, Samuel's sacrifice. He was moved away from his family at a young age to serve the Lord. The cost of obedience means you have to speak boldly to those who don't want to hear the word of God. And I want to close with this. What does Jesus say to us that want to follow him? He says, in order for you to be my disciple, you have to deny yourself. Pick up your cross. And follow me. You're not my disciple unless you deny yourself and pick up your cross and follow me. Jesus, the great servant who told God, speak, uh, your servant is listening. How do we know Jesus says that? Well, he was in the garden. And said, Lord, 
could this cup pass over me? But not my will be done, but your will be done. Do you understand that many times our lives may conflict with the will of God? That's why he taught us to say, thy will be done, thy kingdom come. We need to understand that God reigns, and if he is reigning, then I need to be serving. And if I am serving, then I obey my Father's command. And as I obey my Father's commands, I start building up boldness inside of me that I realize if, in spite of what you're facing me with, I can boldly stand there's no weapon. Formed against me, so prosper. I can boldly look and say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can boldly look and say with man, yes, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. I can get excited and tell him I am more than a conqueror. I can get excited and realize that I press on towards the mark of the higher calling. That's in Christ. Jesus. And when you start getting this boldness, look what starts happening. You have a peace as you're doing what is right. You have a joy in obeying the call of the Lord. You see, the struggle that we live in this world, that people make it so difficult for you to serve the Lord because they don't agree with you. But let, them, let, let yourself be reminded they don't have to agree with you. You are agreeing with God. And when you're agreeing with God, you're able to move in his power and in his affluence. Because when Samuel stood up before the people of God, God elevated him. When Samuel stood up, he was letting Eli know that this is what thus saith the Lord. I want you to grasp in your life that no matter where you go, you are in the presence of the Lord. And if you're in the presence of the Lord, then he can immediately be there to be your present help in a time of trouble. So we need to be zealous for our God as Samuel. And I'm going to close with this. Our God is a jealous God. A jealous and avenging God is the Lord. The Lord is avenging and wrathful. The Lord takes vengeance on his adversaries and reserves wrath for his enemies. You find that in Nahum 1 and 2. Do you see how God showed his wrath against the disobedience of Eli? And you saw how he showed his love towards his servant Samuel. I want us to realize that, Lord, I want to be jealous for you. That I want to be zealous for you. That I will love what you love and hate what you hate. I will speak for what you are for and speak against what you are against. That's what Samuel had to do. He had to speak for what God was for and stand for what God was for and speak against what God is against. He had to even do that to his good friend Saul, who was the king. He let Saul know that God has rejected you. Saul, Saul was rejected by God. Samuel was heartbroken because that was his friend. But yet he had to stand boldly. There might be people 
issues, things in your life. God has already told you what to do, but you have shunned away from speaking the truth. Eli told Samuel, speak it or it'll be upon you. Many times in our lives, when we fail to do what God calls us to do, we suffer the consequences. We suffer the pain and the heartaches and the suffering. And God is saying, I'm trying to remove that from you. I've told you what to do. Will you obey my call? I'm telling you this for your own good because he's already given us the instructions. And he wants you to say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Every morning you wake up, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Throughout the day, at midday, just remind yourself, speak, Lord. For your servant is listening. And that way you will be reminded that you will walk by his word. You will be living by his word because he is holy, holy, holy is our God, Lord God Almighty. And he desires for us to be holy. So you need to realize to have an intimate relation with our God is to let him speak first. For you be available to listen. And for you to go out and do what he's called you to do, boldly, unabashedly, knowing that our God will stand for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Father, we come to you right now, God, realizing, Lord, that we have to be desperate for you. That we have to be open to hear a word from you so that we can... Walk, Lord, in obedience. This world is full of influences and trying to guide us and push us, Lord, away from you. But, Lord, our draws to you. You are our strength. You are our light. So, Father, we call, we call out to you right now. Lord, we ask you to forgive us of our sins. God, forgive us for the times that we did not speak boldly and live boldly for you. And we allowed ourselves to fall by the wayside. But, Lord, today we're making a commitment right now that we're going to turn away from this wickedness, God, and speak and live boldly for you. Father, have your way. We thank you that you call our name. We thank you that you know the very hair that's numbered in our heads. We thank you, Lord. You know all about our pains, our heartaches, as well as our joys. We thank you, God, that truly you are a blesser. So bless us indeed, Lord, with your grace and in your mercy. In our Lord's name we pray. Amen. May we rise and extend the hand of the disciples. There's someone here today that decided today that this is the place that you want to come. We welcome you here in this place. We ask all to stand. It's make it a little bit easier to get through the pews of those who are able to. Those who are able to, we ask you to stand. It's make it easier for those to get through the pews. If there's someone here today, we welcome you here in this place.